Welcome to another episode of Renaissance Lab, a podcast brought to you by the Convergence Initiative. I'm Catherine Valancourt, and thanks so much for joining me on another exploration of the intersection of art and science. In this episode, I had the pleasure of sitting down and having a conversation with Antonia Lenny Granger. She's the artistic director and founder of Théâtre du Renard, an object-based theatre company that tries to use performance and puppetry to explain complex knowledge-based problems like quantum physics and the theory of time. We had a great conversation talking about how to use troll dolls to explain physics, how to bring empathy to complex topics, and what it's like for her to perform science for scientists. And before I give anything else away, here's our conversation. Cool concept. And I kind of, I want to know, like, where, where did that idea come from for yeah. you? Um, well, basically, uh, it came from, I guess, connecting two, two strains, of, strains of thought or two things that I've are always been passionate about. Uh, theater, I did theater in high school and kept doing it and wanted to make uh, something with that, something on stage, creating something artistically. But I'm also very curious about so many other things and books and I was learning about, you know, about science, about literature, about philosophy, about all these things. And I saw uh, when I was about 16, a puppet show, an adult puppet show um, by I a company. I didn't even know that was a thing. Yeah. yeah I love it. So, yeah. There's <laughs> a lot of it. Um, not adult in the sense that you might think just for, yeah. for adults, but uh, <laughs> right, right. yeah. So I saw this, uh, this show by uh, Théâtre du Sous-Marin Jean, which is a company based in Quebec that is, you takes classics like, uh, the Bible or, you know, oh, the discourse classic. on method or war and peace oh, by yeah. Tolstoy and they make it into a puppet show. Oh. So they kind of take the general themes and add some humor and things like that and just make it palatable to a general audience and okay. really funny and interesting. And I thought, oh, for once I thought, you know, I can't do puppet show. can be for adults. It can be funny. It can also tackle these big subjects. So mm-hmm. those were all these three revelations that I had with this one show. Mm-hmm. And afterwards it kind of stayed with me that I wanted to do puppetry at some point. Um, and then I started doing more object theater, which is closely related, but just with um, everyday objects as the characters or symbols to tell the, help tell the story with okay. the mix of uh, the text and the image kind of responding to each other. And you can show something and also say something else and see if it creates something you know, funny or makes it more understandable mm-hmm. that way. Okay. So that's how I, I ended up mixing these two. Uh, mm-hmm. The fact that if I just did theater, I feel like I would maybe at some point get kind of bored of just doing theater. Okay. And so I thought, you know, if I do theater, but I'm trying to talk about all these other things that interest me and sharing that with people, but with the medium theater, that might be a way that I could not get bored of doing this one thing because I'm not actually just doing one thing all all my life. Okay, cool. So this is like the first time I've ever heard the idea of object theater. Mm Mm-hmm. Could you explain a little bit more about like sure. what 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 kind of objects are involved and what do they do and how is that different from like when I think theater I think just people on a stage yeah, yeah definitely well when you think uh, about theater uh, on a stage you you can have objects but usually they'll be more like accessories like yeah. if you're drinking like coffee you have stuff. like you know a coffee cup but it's just a coffee cup it doesn't become anything else and so object theater will be basically anything that uses these objects but differently so that they could become something else like your coffee cup could become either a character it could become i don't know like a a building in a city that you build to tell a story you know it could become a a bunch of different things or it could symbolize you know your elementary school teacher that you're telling a story about you know it could be these sorts of things so it's really about for me depends for every artist obviously but for me it's more about the visual theater aspect of it how you can tell a story using different kinds of 
of symbols and different kinds of languages、okay. that come together. So it doesn't necessarily start with a text and then you kind of put the text on stage.、Mm-hmm. It starts with a bunch of images and also objects and also themes and also maybe bits of text and then you kind of try to push that all together and see, you know, that the visual becomes the An, an important aspect of it in the creation, and not just something that you kind of add、right. on to the text that's already complete in itself. Right. So it's like you you kind of need them as a vehicle to help get the message across in certain ways too. Yeah. Yeah. yeah definitely. Yeah.、Okay. And I f- feel like for me, for when I'm doing, in, especially when I'm doing a bit of science communication in the the theater shows, it definitely helps to have the visual element. Yeah. And to be able to use、uh, yeah. and to use common objects as well. Like I don't use really any scientific. Objects. Okay.、Yeah. I use like toy, like kids' toys and Dollarama stuff,、oh, okay. like, like that. And so when you use, you know, I don't know, a troll doll to make an Einstein character, then you have some instant connection with the audience that they're like,、yeah. oh, okay, this、like、is funny. Like it's super can, relatable. Yeah, yeah. It's, yeah, that's kind of the point. So I'm trying、yeah. to take the opposite objects that you would never use to、yeah. talk about <laughs> science, and so we can still, you know, illustrate science because for me everything is related to each other, and everything can be relatable if you use these kinds of yeah images. That's cool. It's like a link、yeah. between all sort of different worlds coming together. Yeah, using these common objects. That's really interesting. So.、Mm-hmm. Um, you have a couple of shows that you've done slash are doing slash are、yeah. preparing to do. <laughs> you had a show called A Brief History of Time. Yeah. Right. Do you want to just describe a little bit of what that was like, like what that show was based on? That first show, that was the first show I did, and the show that led to the foundation of the company. Okay.、Uh, Théâtre du Renard. So that this show was kind of happened a bit by accident because I was reading A Brief History of Time by Stephen Hawking.、Mm-hmm. Uh, I was reading that for the second time, and at the same time, I was at the point in my career where I wanted to do some object theater, do some puppetry, but I didn't know where to start.、Mm-hmm. And a new festival emerged in Montreal that was really for young emerging puppeteers to present new works. That's、and、fantastic.、So、this is this is my chance. I、yeah. need to I need to do this. I need to apply, but I didn't know what to do because it kind of. It was a bit short on time, and so I said, "You know what? I'm going to do this book that I'm reading, A Brief History of Time, but with objects."、Oh, yeah, no big deal. Just、yeah. this like fundamental, like, <laughs> yeah, super difficult seem- physics book. Yeah, it yeah. Be somehow、easy. it didn't seem so crazy at the time. Yeah, just kind of like I don't know what to do. Like if I had read.、Mm-hmm. I don't know Cinderella or Tolstoy at that point. Maybe、yeah. it would have been a very different story.、Uh, <laughs> but that's probably what I was who、yeah. knows. Maybe not. Maybe there's、yeah. a lot of similarities. Maybe、yeah. not. So yeah, I ended up creating this this kind of 15 minute、uh, bit of a show. Okay. And then got a great reaction for it、uh, with the audience, and people told me, "Oh, the, we've never seen something like this, or we we don't really see science and theater mixed so often." Yeah. I discovered was true that you, yeah you see it a bit more now, but. Not that often. Yeah, and if it is, it kind of feels like an accessory device. Like you have a、yeah. scientist kind of setting,、mm-hmm. but it's not、mm-hmm. really about the science itself. Maybe. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean,、yeah. I think people are trying to do more of these connections lately in the in the in recent years, but definitely it's not something that's super frequent, like love stories on stage. Yeah, you know, like there's yeah there are themes that are more used, and this is not one of those. So people were interested in that, so I kind of the, the show grew from there, and I got mentorship from、uh, more experienced artists in object theater to work on it、uh, a bit more. It became one hour long solo、wow. show, which is not what I expected really、yeah. when it started, but it、uh, yeah it worked out, and then it's been it's been translated to English as well last year and played at the Fringe,、Fantastic. and so now I have it in both languages. Yeah, it's,、uh, it's touring、wow. in schools and for adults as well. Cool. So, do you have like any sort of training in、um, the sciences that way, or just an interest that? Yeah, I actually don't. I mean, oh, that's awesome. Yeah, I actually really don't.、Um, I chose not to pursue science. You know, at the end of、mm-hmm. high school, where you you get these、yeah. kinds of choices. I did have physics in the last year of high school, but not not chemistry. And then, and yeah, I was really not. 
I didn't think science was that much for me. I was interested in it like yeah. everything else, but it didn't feel like something yeah. huge, uh, hugely important to me personally. Mm-hmm. And then we, we, with the Hawking book, that's really something that opened a different kind of door for me to think that I could understand these big concepts without having this huge background in math and yeah. that understanding them actually does change the way that you see the world and it does open up interesting connections with other things. And yeah. so it kind of uh, fulfills the same goals maybe that literature always has fulfilled for me or philosophy. But yeah. I was like, oh, science can also have this effect or can also yeah. change my worldview and I can't understand these great ideas. Mm-hmm. And so that was a big moment for me. And so I, I did the show and then I was like, oh, I'm doing, I guess I'm doing this now. I guess, and I'm, I'm I guess also I'm a physicist these now. <laughs> yeah. And so I did the show without knowing anyone in the science world. And then I mm-hmm. showed it to scientists and said, okay, what do you think? Is there yeah. something that is wrong? Like, I, I, yeah. I Am I lying book, to anyone? But, yeah. Because it sure. is a very free adaptation. Like it has the, some of the elements of the book, but the images sometimes are from me or different things. So I had people come in and say, okay, well, maybe this little thing, but generally it's fine. And so we change little things and now it works out well, but it is, it does pose a challenge to, for the next shows that we're doing, we're getting into more complex territory and we have to kind of make do with a bunch of already popularized versions Mm -hmm. of them Mm -hmm. and try to see if we connect them all and we see everything that's always the same, that's always kind of said the same way. Okay, this is the basis that we can sort of build on and things that just appear in one book and then don't appear in the other. I'm like, okay, I think this might be a bit of a stretch that this guy (laughs) is taking. So we kind of have to analyze these because we don't have the reference of the actual, I can't read the math. I would like to take a math class at some point, but that's it. As a whole, and like to be the level of reading the yeah yeah, yeah no yeah. it's yeah it's a whole lifetime of specialization yeah so. I'm sure but you're totally on the right track if it's said the same way in all the books but that said if it's said the same way in all the books it could just be that one person said it one time that's very true and everyone just latches on to that's very but true that's a whole nother thing yeah yeah that's for sure so you've got another physics kind of based show yeah. that is up and coming right it's coming out in the spring in the uh, fall yeah well it's fall. still uh, we've we've done like almost two years now of working on it, but it's still wow. going to have another year of okay. of brewing, but mm-hmm. it's, uh, it's around quantum physics. Wow. Um, yeah. So basically I, when I did Stephen Hawking, A Brief History of Time, the piece I liked the most was the quantum physics right by the end. Right. So I wanted to get there, but then I already have one hour of show. Yeah. I couldn't, and I couldn't fit the <laughs> And you have people's physics. attention yeah, and, and the history of time. It's, yeah. yeah. And then yeah, you can't enough. really do an hour and be like, okay, now forget everything you've just learned. We're going to do something yeah. completely different. That's right. Because quant- it's a whole other theory, right? Yeah. So I think okay. people will just leave at this point, except <laughs> for the big, big nerds. But so yeah. we've, we've decided to create a, a separate show where there's two of us on stage. And so it's okay. more dynamic. We have a bigger set and everything. So that's, uh, we've done two short pieces, two 15 okay. minutes bits of mm-hmm. quantum physics that we can do in the streets. So oh. we went in September to France to a festival and we did it in bars. And oh, that's fantastic. Say, okay, do you want to hear about quantum physics? We have 15 minutes for you and just kind of shoot that at people. And then leave. Oh yeah. How did people take awesome. that? It was great, actually. Yeah? They loved it. People are like, sure, quantum physics, hit me. Yeah. Well, I mean, after a few beers, I feel like my shows well, are always yeah. kind of better. This is true. Yeah. <laughs> this know, is maybe, definitely maybe true. Maybe there's kind of a, a loosening up of expectations or maybe prejudices. Yeah. People are just like, huh, okay, mm-hmm. like, why not? Yeah. So I like this kind of why not mood and using that's true. that to And see. I think that's a pretty good approach to this whole science and art combination thing. It's like, well, just try it. See what happens. Why yeah. Not? Yeah. Because, I mean, you're not going to do a one-hour show and then have people understand everything or follow everything. No, they can true. understand as it's happening. That's yeah. the goal. But it's not that you'll remember every single thing that happened after a show. Because even mm-hmm. a, a normal show, you wouldn't ask people that. Right. So it's more about opening this door and being like, oh, you could actually understand this. 
Right. You know, like it's it's not inaccessible to you because you dropped out of math in high school. Like yeah. Anyway. Like it's right. not. Mm-hmm. Everyone can know. For me, everyone can learn about anything and understand anything. Yeah. So this is the core belief that I'm trying. Oh, that's fantastic. To, <laughs> to show people that you know you can actually get yeah. this, and once you know that, then maybe the next time you see a science popularization book, you'd be like, oh, I can I can approach maybe. this. Yeah. Yeah. So the main thing that you want people to leave your shows with is just a consideration that science can be for them too. Yeah. Exactly. For anyone. Yeah. I'm super curious. My mind is kind of going wild with imagination. What are if you can tell us, if it doesn't ruin the surprise, what are some examples of objects you would use to explain quantum physics with? Because huh, okay, yeah, <laughs> I'm like, good. I'm like, but I can't even perceive quantum physics, mm. let alone have it in an object, you know? Yeah, well, that's definitely a, a challenge that we uh, we've been faced with doing this research. Yeah, the, the show before was a bit more, you know, it's cosmology, so you have I don't know concrete things. Even yeah. space and time are kind of concrete-ish objects that you can. <laughs> This is the uh, first time I've ever heard that time is concrete. I love yeah. it. Okay, perfect. Well, I mean, you can have a clock and then it's yeah, time. You know, exactly. like there's things that you're, okay, the references but then, are there. you know, saying, oh, this is a wave, this is a particle. And yeah. often in quantum physics, we talk about like quantum objects because we don't want to say wave or particle, but we're doing object theater. So we're like, oh, quantum objects, but it's already an object anyway. Just yeah. kind of messing with our it's mind. It's got another layer to it. Yeah. But what we've been playing with for now is we've been playing a lot with the notion of games. Just hmm. the, the general notion of uh, that science is the the search for the rules of the game, but you don't actually have oh. the rule book. You just have people playing the game, and you just kind of watch. And you got to you know pay- oh, the world playing idea. its game, and then you're like, okay, what are the rules? And you try to you try this mm-hmm. one. Oh, it works. Oh no, now it doesn't work. Okay, maybe it's not exactly that. And you kind of refine these rules, right. but you never actually get the book. You just have to. Feel yeah, that maybe you're playing it right, but you don't know. What a wonderful analogy for science. And so, but that comes it. from oh, sh- that's not from me. Mm. It comes from someone else. I forget them. Feynman, maybe I don't know. Still, uh, but still, it's a, it's a nice yeah. it's a nice way to see it. So we started with that, and games are very physical and very object yeah. Yeah. So we kind of tried to use you know twisters and a bunch of different games, oh, and we cool. started with the idea of having like a a girls' night in, where you just play a bunch of games mm-hmm. when you're a teenager and things like that. So yeah. we've. We're in this retro vibe now in this arcade, you know, Tetris, these, oh, all these kinds of yeah. games and try to see what aspects of quantum physics we could, you know, evoke with this game, Dance Dance Revolution or things like that. Right. And we're playing a lot with the uh, blacklight as well. So with the... Uh, oh, cool. Yes, yeah, so with things in the dark and then stuff floating around and mm. moving. So that adds the puppetry kind of aspect of it, but mm-hmm. more in an abstract way because obviously we don't know. Yeah. We can't see at the quantum level. We don't really know what's going on there. So that's... It opens up a lot of interesting things for us artistically to yeah. be able to imagine how it might look. But we also don't want to say, oh, this is for sure how it looks right. because we really don't know. Yeah. So we're trying to find this balance of evoking things but not making it like so that the audience think that this is the right yeah. way to like, see it. Yeah. And it's actually like this. Yeah. Then we're playing with that Super interesting. <laughs> I'm loving the idea of like a game site and then an, like an alternative quantum reality where everyone is playing or the games are playing you. Like just yeah. ridiculous amount yeah. of things. That's so cool. Um, actually, so you, you mentioned that you're, you're playing with Tetris and Dance Dance Revolution and my mind automatically went to like, okay, those are totally different generations of games. Yeah. But And then I wondered, do you, what is like your typical audience like? Are they... Mm-hmm you know, mostly millennials or like a range of ages? Um, well, mostly for a brief history of time, it's varied depending where we play. Right. Like I feel yeah. like we've, 
we've attracted the people that usually come to that space. So depending if we're, mm. if we're in the uh, emerging artist, emerging puppetry festival called the Festival Ouf in March, that's going to be more, you know, millennials, younger people, younger yeah. artists, and also a bunch of puppeteers from all ages that come for the right. festival. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, but then we recently played in Belleuil at the Maison de la Culture there, and there was all people, baby boomers and upwards. Like yeah. Everyone. Okay. And so we had so this, really cool. a bunch of different things. And, you know, it depends though. We were trying to find um, the quantum physics shows is going to be aimed mostly at teens. Okay. So that has a specific age to it right. that we're, you know, mainly playing for, mainly targeting. But the first show did not really have anything like that. So we have, it's a show that's for 10, ages 10 and up. Okay. But we've had people being 9 and 10. And then we've had people yeah. you know, 75 and it, it worked out it well, works. but I think there's a level of connection with the audience and of mm-hmm. understanding that everyone will get things at different level, depending yeah. where they're at. And sometimes yeah. they're young, they're closer to school. So it's closer to them, their reality. Sometimes they're PhDs and they're 70. So that's awesome for them. But we yeah. had like a bunch of even four year olds coming to the show and just being like, oh, that's such a nice unicorn. Oh yeah, and they I mean, it. I feel like and a unicorn for an hour. Yeah, a unicorn's going to resonate with everyone. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> that's so cool. So you're reading this book, and that's where your inspiration comes from. But do you get inspiration? Where do the ideas for your shows come from? Um, yeah, mostly from reading things, just because I'm more of a reader than yeah. a YouTube watcher. Okay. Like, yeah. I people send me things all the time that I put on my list and then I never never to. watch, but no. I will. It's Christmas yeah. now. I will watch yeah. it. <laughs> but uh, yeah, mostly by reading. But it, I mean, it depends. I, after the quantum physics uh, research started, I thought, you know, maybe after that, I won't do any more science for a bit. You know, I'll mm-hmm. do like other things because the company is about uh, knowledge in general. So it could yeah. be like theories of capitalism. Uh, okay. You know, I was in yeah. the, at Concordia. I did a BA in liberal arts. So we okay. read a bunch of Western uh, philosophy, economy, uh, mm-hmm. you know, religion, all things like that. And so mm-hmm. talking about what were the first tenets of capitalism versus what it's now, this shift from right. the original ideas to now the reality that we have and the problems it has. So things like that, feminism, mm-hmm. you know, all things like that that I'd like to touch on. And so I thought I'm, I won't do more, more science for now. And then I read this book about trees and I was like, oh my God, I need to do this. <laughs> so it <laughs> kind of starts, cool. yeah, it kind of just starts by this impulse of reading things and yeah. being like, Everyone, everyone should know about this. This is like, this is, I read oh, something and I'm like, everyone should know about this. Okay. I guess I have to tell them now because <laughs> not everyone yeah. will get to this book, but I'd like everyone to read yeah. this book. So it's kind of a, a conduit. And I hope that people get back to the books that, you know, after the, the quantum physics shows we have on the program, we have a list of like further reading or videos. If people okay, yeah. are into it and are like, what can I do now? We could put the sources of, you know, what, things mm-hmm. inspired us in creating it so we try to bring people back to these yeah these sources but that's mm-hmm. i love how organic that is <laughs> i was just like what is cool and interesting that people should know about and i guess there's an urgency to it as well like if mm-hmm. like for me with the environment with everything that's going yeah. on when i saw everything about ecosystems and everything we don't know about trees which are you know basic thing that surrounds us every day and we have no idea what's going on there yeah and how is that even possible and then how every all these things you know can be connected with ecosystems and how one thing influences everything else and living yeah. between the living the non-living and anyway, right. for me it's like if you know something then you have empathy for it and so yeah. if we knew more about what's going on in trees maybe that would help us feel a bit more empathy and be more proactive and yeah saving their 
you know, living conditions. If we're not going to do it for us, we might do it for the trees. I don't know. Definitely. And I think that's a really important part that art gets to play in science and science communication is like bringing that empathy back into it because Mm -hmm. scientists can stand there and say like, the earth is warming by X degrees and it's going to be bad for these reasons. But if people don't feel it, then why are they doing anything about it? (laughs) So what does your team look like? Is it just you or do you have other people that are involved in the theater? Uh, well, for for most of the beginning of projects, it's me. Um, mm-hmm. So I created the company and I'm the only, well, employee. I'm not even an employee, I guess. But yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm the only one that signs everything. Yeah. But, but I do have colleagues that are more frequent. I have a colleague that plays with me in the quantum physics right. uh, mm-hmm. show. And she's also my agent to sell the show to schools, oh, to different places. Cool. Okay. So she's involved in these two parts. And then there's right. also a board. Com- the, the company has a board of administrators. Okay. So I have colleagues that come in every few months to give ideas mm-hmm. and help out. And so for the end, separate from that, for each show, we have a different team that gets assembled right. depending on... I mean, I, this is the first show, the quantum physics one, that we have gotten money to assemble a team. Yeah. So that, it was just me by default because yeah. I don't hire people and not pay them. So That's now legit. this is the first time that we can actually have a team of mm-hmm. people and we'll see how it continues to grow. But hopefully yeah. I can keep my... My goal of having mostly or just women on stage because that's also kind of a yeah, thing that's that I'm fantastic. trying to push. Yeah, Not, like we don't absolutely. really talk about necessarily women in science as a main theme. We have bits of it. Yeah, we try to be conscious of it, but just the fact that we have yeah. women on stage confidently talking about science. Yeah, that in itself I think is as helpful, if not more. Yeah, I mean, and there's so many it, you know? shows with only guys on stage. Where I'm like, you know, I'm just balancing stuff. Yeah, out. fantastic. <laughs> do you have like scientists on your team for the show? Like, do you have people uh, who are trained yeah. in physics and things? Yeah, for this show, we have a, a couple of friends and colleagues because now in the last year, I've met a lot more people in the science communication and science mm-hmm, world mm-hmm. that got to know what I did and things yeah. like that. So that was really cool to get this new network uh, opening right. up uh, yeah. for help. And I have a friend that's uh, she has a, a master's in physics and things, things like that. So oh, she'll come, she's going to come. I see a couple of run-throughs. Mm-hmm. Um, usually I don't I don't send them like the text of the show beforehand or things like that yeah. because there's so much visual, there's so much context yeah. that sometimes yeah. you're like, mm, I'm not sure, but then you see it, oh, it works. It or, all comes it works together. works for the purpose that it's serving right and i think mm-hmm. it's important to be we're not pretending that we, we're going to teach a lecture on quantum physics but yeah. we're also not just having fun with it and doing whatever we want so right we're trying to play this kind of in-between state and yeah. we have science friends that come and theater friends and tell us uh maybe it's not artistic enough and then the other guy's like yeah maybe that's not accurate enough yeah <laughs> so we're like okay let's let's Where's try to make everyone ground? happy but yeah i think that's enriching for me to have to play to all yeah. these different people it's yeah. challenging and that's why it takes so much time to make the show <laughs> but it's also really interesting to mm-hmm. find where we can go and i think scientists are usually super happy that we're just even talking about their yeah. field that's so cool. we've had Gilles Brassard, which who's a big quantum physicist in quebec come mm-hmm. to our show and he was just stoked about Oh, just seeing awesome. the show and he sent yeah. us a bunch of comments saying this is inaccurate this is great this is inaccurate oh, that's hilarious. so that was awesome like a but, total peer but review also, yeah like, but he was also like i'm so happy that you are making this work with yeah. my feel that no one cares about at the dinner table or usually, everyone's just you know? too scared to try to learn <laughs> exactly yeah so i think they're usually pretty open about uh, what we want to do so I've always thought that names are pretty important. And for those of you who aren't francophone slash couldn't understand my terribly bad accent, Renard in Théâtre du Renard is Fox. So I asked Antonia where that name came from. And I see you have some lovely Fox artwork in your home here. Yes. <laughs> um, where, where does the Fox come from? 
Well, the fox, I mean, I've always, always liked foxes, but it comes specifically from the, the little prince. Mm. From uh, mm-hmm. Saint Exupéry, so from that book that everyone reads, I guess, in their lives. Right. Um, <laughs> and so the scene with the fox and the prince is basically a scene where the the fox gets slowly tamed uh, okay. by the prince, or they they become friends. Tamed is kind of a French is better. Right, was is, is yeah. a bit better, more accurate, but they get a bit closer and they sit closer he tells him you know we're going to sit closer every day and when we sit close enough then we'll be friends but it takes a lot of time to get there Mm -hmm. and so the idea behind the company is kind of to bring uh science or impossible subjects and general audiences a bit closer and a bit closer and try to get this 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 connection Mm -hmm. so that's why the theme is kind of the the central theme of and we play also in schools we play in you know all art galleries we try to make shows that are light that can travel different places because that's also part of getting people close to the art and also to the content that Mm -hmm. fuels the art yeah that's why the fox has there been any unexpected feedback or any any unexpected responses from people to any of your shows I mean, having someone like Gilles Brassard and his team, you know, physicists yeah. come and tell you like, oh, this analogy, this is genius. And I was like, what? <laughs> Wait, <laughs> like, hold things, on. That was unexpected. Yeah. You think they're going to be like, oh, that's not, it's, it's, it's cute. You know, it's nice. Yeah, it's cute. Exactly. Like but, whatever is a thing. It's not Yeah, but like but. it felt like something like, is he going to use this again? Like, does he really feel like it's interesting yeah. anyway? So that was kind of an interesting thing. And also I think the intergenerational aspect of it, the fact that it could resonate mm. with a bunch of people with kids also, pretty young kids, which yeah. uh, that was impressive because they're so interested in all these, these things. And I mean, they understand it you know, almost as well as adults, maybe better in some ways because their imagination is still able to make that leap. Definitely. Sometimes. Yeah. So that's been really interesting. And I would say having people from theater tell me, you know, I didn't think this subject was for me or I stumbled into this show and then that was happening. And the kind Mm -hmm. of surprise that people get, yeah, they get thrown science, (laughs) they get science thrown at them and they're like, oh, okay, yeah, that reminded me that it's actually not so scary or actually I didn't hate it the way that I thought that I actually... I yeah. hated science because I'm in theater and I'm an actress, but yeah. you actually don't when it's told in an interesting way and other people in science being like, oh, this is object theater. What is this? How can exactly. I use this? So yeah. it, I think it's the connection between those two worlds. And yeah. also what's been unexpected is how many projects already exist, like the conversions, right. like the how many other art science projects mm-hmm. exist that I didn't know about. And I fell into this. Yeah. I was also thrown science at in a way because I threw it at myself, but, but still, still yeah. I, was, I still ended up with something that I didn't know existed. Yeah. And I'm in the middle of this ecosystem of super interesting. Things. Yeah. And they all seem to pop up on their own. You know, yeah. everyone sort of has their own little origin story of why science and art should come yeah. together. And then, uh, yeah, then we connect to things yeah. like this. <laughs> yeah, but also it makes so much sense because they've always mm-hmm. been connected and don't really believe in the over-specialization that no. we have today. Well, and that's I the think, thing. You know, I read this book on gardens and how gardens may have, you know, influenced the, the thinking of some of the founding fathers of America. And you're like, what? Yeah. How, okay. Maybe, maybe not. Maybe mm-hmm. it's a big assumption. But it's also interesting to think yeah. that even in your day-to-day life, you're faced with a problem in your specific field and then you walk around and you see someone with their dog on the leash and you're like, oh yes, this is what I have to do. Yeah, absolutely. And it gives you an idea about something completely unrelated, which shows that our minds do work this way. And it's interesting to kind of push, see how far you can push that. So if anybody wants to see one of your shows or have you guys come to their school or their whatever, how should they go about that? Uh, Yeah, so we have a a website, uh, theaterrenard.com. We have uh, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. 
Instagram and email as well. And so we have a brief history of time is available in French and English mm -hmm. uh, for schools, for theaters, for a bunch of locations. And then the short works or quantum physics, the 15 minutes are also available and we'll be developing more of a I'm so excited. I'm so excited to see how that turns out. I'm like, I want you to tell me everything about quantum physics that you know, because I know nothing. <laughs> yeah, the more I learn about it, the less I feel like I know, which I guess is on the right path. Uh, yeah. Most people have said that. So. Yeah, exactly. I've, I've been in my PhD for seven years now, and I know so much less than I thought I did Yeah, <laughs> by the end. So that's pretty normal. I had a great time learning about object theater and puppetry, and I hope you enjoyed listening as well. If you have a question or a comment or any kind of feedback, I would love to hear from you. Um, our email is podcast.convergence at gmail.com. You can also follow the Convergence Initiative on Instagram and Twitter and Facebook. And if for some reason you wanted to follow me personally, you can follow me on Twitter at MoleculeMind. And until next time, thanks for listening.